Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to more than a few words, the market conversation for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and my with me this morning is Allison Carter. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Bob. This morning is going to be a little bit of a different conversation for um, more than a few words. I actually had an opportunity earlier this week to chat with Olin Daw of the Irish Business Intelligence uh, Organization, and no, they're not the uh, CIA of Ireland. You're the home lady. You make that happen? No, sorry. No, we 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 definitely are not going to be um, dealing with the police or um, <laughs> any kind of or no 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 security, no Mossad, no CIA, and so if we can get that cute um, James Bond type, maybe M1. So back to our topic today. <laughs> Actually, our topic today is going to be. Um, uh, really what's going on in small business in other parts of the world. And it all came about through a Twitter conversation. Really? Um, I actually met Owen originally through Twitter. She commented on something that I posted when I was um, more round peg, uh, and there was no rainball, and we sort of struck up a friendship. We have uh, chit-chatted back and forth on Facebook and, and Twitter, and as I was looking at our summer schedule, I thought, we do the calls via Skype, why not? Absolutely. It really is amazing how much smaller Twitter makes the world, yet at the same time it makes it so much bigger because there's no reason that you ever would have met Olwyn in the uh, pre-internet era. Absolutely not. And um, so it, it opens up opportunities, and, and you'll hear as we're talking um, both about what's going on in Ireland and just how amazing it is that we can pick up the phone and chat as if we were around the corner. And so this morning, um, because of a scheduling conflict on her, ta- on her part, we actually have pre-recorded the program. Um, we're talking about business here in the U.S. and here in Ireland. And at the end of the program, Alice and I will hop back on with some comments, some additional comments about um, small business and uh, using social media to make these kind of connections. I hope you enjoy. And in the meantime, you can uh, still chat with us on social media. We'll be having a conversation there on Twitter, as we do every Wednesday morning. So make sure you're following at RoundPay and using the hashtag MGFW, and I'll be over there um, sending you the best bits. And actually, we'll have more opportunity to be paying attention to the Twitter stream because I'm not chatting with the host at this point. Allison will be manning round peg and I'll be chatting as we're ready. Let's make this up. I'm a very avid networker and I find 
social social media is an extraordinary tool for connecting with people around the world, particularly colleagues who you can um, share these share ideas with and I suppose get to get to understand people's different views on things and, and learn a little bit about how things are done around the world. So it's it's really wonderful to be chatting with you today. And what I do, my my business is Irish Business Intelligence as you say and I work with one major enterprises as a business partner, and what that really involves is providing the CEOs or owners, founders, whatever they call themselves, because they all have various different titles for themselves, to work with them very cohesively to ensure the best direction possible for the business in its growth stages. So that's going to be quite a bit of marketing insight. I don't consider myself a marketer as such, but my background is in the whole area of small to medium enterprise and I have, I work as a state mainly in the area of strategy which, which does cover marketing, public relations and so on. Um, I also mentor startup businesses um, in, in, the, in Ireland, typically in the western region and I, I do some project management with the enterprise agencies around here too. So what I really enjoy is Seeing the insights shared by Rentables, they're so forward thinking and creative. And I consider myself a creative thinker too, and I suppose I mean, it, it, it's with much relish that I, I read your, your blogs and your journal for the credit. Well, that is so nice of you to say it. And, and feel free to continue to compliment us. There, you know, there's never enough of that. Um, but as you're working with uh, small businesses in Ireland, what would you say for somebody who's trying to get started now? What are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing um, business owners there facing? Well, I think there's a bit of a, a bit of a mindset shift at the moment because you know, obviously, it's well documented we had a very steady rise to the top with the Celtic Tiger and then a rather tumultuous stumble to the bottom. So um, I think. You know, the way we do business has really got to change. And I found, I suppose, you know, talking about marketing technique and theory, the, um, the old product price using curve, I, I, I found that a lot of my clients are what I would call, you know, they're typically the, the innovators and early adapters end of the, the curve. Um, and they're, they are business people who really see that in order for us to rehabilitate our economy and, and grow as, as uh, business people, we've got to be we've got to be creative, we've got to be innovative, we've also got to be better business people. So more strategic thinkers, um, you know, to devote more time at the outset of business to really you know, researching what we're doing, understanding exactly what our market looks like and its potential for growth. So for challenges at the start of what I would say is um, the businesses that I, I find I have to do a little bit of backpedaling with and homework with, let's say, when, when they maybe come to me as a mentoring candidate, you know, it's usually because they haven't really tested their market. Um, they haven't really fully understood what it means to enter into the marketplace and what you have to have available to yourself in order to succeed. So, you know, basic principles have, haven't been researched properly. For those who have done that kind of work, it's maybe a case of, you know, nerves and not being entirely sure how to go forward with it. So, you know, having a having a strategic person to help them with that helps yeah. a lot. Um, and then I suppose finally, obviously, as a big challenge for people at the moment is the financial end of things. There is anything out there, but it's not um, as forthcoming as maybe it once was. And I suppose tied in with the other two issues of one is sometimes people just don't put the homework in and they expect them to be able to get finance on the basis of not doing enough work. 
<laughs> no, I don't think you are. You know, that's um, a lot of the same things I think we're seeing here. One of the interesting things, um, and, you know, being in Indiana, we are a, um, a manufacturing community. Uh, this part of the country is often referred to as, as the Rust Belt, referring to all the steel and metal work. And um, the thing that we've struggled with the last few years is as manufacturing kind of fell by the wayside, it has pushed a lot of people into more small business and startups. And I think we are finally starting to recognize that this is where the future of our economy is, that this is where the innovation is going to come from, that this is where the economic development is really going to come from. Are you seeing those same realizations on your side um, of the world? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, one thing I just thought I would come into my head, I mean, this is, this is why these conversations are so valuable because really as business people, either in the consulting and the things like, like ourselves, or in the, you know, whatever the walk of life is in business, it's so important to share insights because you can really get what you can learn so much from one another. And yeah, I mean, it's actually quite similar for Ireland as a country, I suppose, you know, it's just two the situation you're describing there because we we were very fortunate to be, you know, well, I say fortunate, possibly not so much, but um, during the boom, you know, really, there was a kind of a, a sense that money was, was very, you know, widely available. And, and so businesses were starting up left, right, and center, and probably not as much thought was going into really the, the basics of setting up, but also we had a lot of foreign direct investments in the mid 90s and clearly nineties was all of and I think the thing is, is that it, it, it overstated our sense of our own economy and I suppose what we what we would be well known for is, you know, as as a people, as a nation, we're quite resourceful and creative. And I think that was worn away a little bit by the tiger, the Kelly Tiger, because it's just it was people stopped thinking about what they could do. They just, you know, went to do something. They didn't really think about their skills or they didn't really examine opportunities. It was, you know, if the money is there, I'm going to set up a business and, you know, it doesn't really matter if it fails, it'll be fine. Whereas now I think people are really seeing that actually self-employment means a whole lot more than that. And, and more importantly, you know, the sort of thinking behind setting up a business is not just I'll give it a bash and see what happens. You know, it's more about actually what value can I add to my, my own economy personally mm -hmm. and nationally? And can I look outside of my country? You know, can I actually, can I work in the States? Can I work in other parts of Europe? Can I export? You know, there's more focus on, on that end of things that I think was one really eroded by the either, you know. Got it. Um, what kind of, um, what kind of industries, what kind of businesses are you seeing, um, starting that are succeeding currently? I mean, uh, you know, where, where's the real growth sector? Uh, well, I suppose one of the things that a lot of our, our agencies, our enterprise agencies would say is, you know, the, the areas they're very keen for, for us to maximize on are export-led. So, you know, it can be internationally traded services, such as, let's say, you know, woodline lines in the engineering space, and that's something they're looking at. And there's also, you know, export in the form of foods and um, various different types of diversification projects which would allow for people to, you know, perhaps scale a, a small, um, you know, pathogen of food out of a you know, far broader audience. Um, but I suppose 
the big focus here is on medical devices and, and the life science sector as well. That, that seems to be certainly one of the areas that, that the government is very keen to place quite a bit of emphasis on. Um, and IT, you know, technical and technological advancements as well. So for, for me, I suppose, you know, anecdotally what I'm seeing is that people are taking their skills and they're putting them to work in a way that they never did before. I mean, a wonderful story here locally, um, a, a couple who were both working, and in fact, the wife of the couple is actually still working full-time while they're working with their business. But they, they had professional roles, and the husband was a project manager for in the construction industry. Unfortunately, that was not a good place to be when they started to crumble. Um, but he loved, he loved food, he loved cooking. So he went on my uh, very, very highly trained cookery courses, and um, he came back and decided that, you know, what they were going to do was they were going to start to produce the best artisan bread. And with a space of 18 months, they have achieved absolutely extraordinary success at a local level, at a national level. They are now exporting, but in, I just think this is an incredible anecdote for them. The Perfect uh, Classics Day, our, our Prime Minister of Egypt and the Denny brought some of their bread to President Obama. Wow! Okay, that, that is definitely one way to, um, to get some broad recognition. Yeah, so I mean as I said, anecdotally, you know, there are there are great examples of, you know, what might be seen as a small, you know, a small cottage industry, you know, baking bread. But I mean look what you can achieve with it if you put your mind to it. Absolutely. And and again I think that there's that whole um uh, ability to look um, outside your community for ways for, for ways to do business. Um you know, it's interesting because you talked about life sciences, and that's that's a big thing with us. We've got a number of uh, drug, I mean, Eli Lilly, which is a, an international um, drug manufacturer, they're based here. We've got a lot of medical devices. So for us, I think that has also been um, where we hope to uh, kind of dominate uh, across the U.S. in those fields. Um, and not even really thinking about, um, you know, the implications. You know, we, we compare ourselves to, you know, what is Detroit doing and what is St. Louis doing and not really thinking about, well, what's Ireland doing because these days uh, the world is a much smaller place. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I just, again, you know, just to touch on this conversation, I mean, I think this point very big to the fact that, you know, is the world is becoming a far smaller place, not only because we can travel very easily to parts of the world that maybe, you know, not, not the long road would take quite a bit more thought and time and, and finances, but technology allows us to have conversations like this for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour and share a great insight. It's just brilliant. It, it, it really is kind of staggering. I mean, I, you know, uh, I'm going to date myself now. I mean, I grew up in an era where a long distance phone call was a really expensive um, yeah. endeavor. Um, my, uh, now my husband, but at the time, my, my fiance and I were living, he was in Texas, I was in New York, and you know we would talk once a week, and that was a big deal. And, and now I have friends who've got long-distance relationships, and they'll Skype or FaceTime several times a day. So it really... Um, it really does change it, and it does, I think, as a marketer, it, it opens up all sorts of new possibilities as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just briefly, I think you don't mind, I just wanted to touch on something, because I, I saw your, your e-newsletter came in today, and 
it's so important to be present on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, to use social media to do generate brand awareness. I think people don't realize brand awareness is really important. Yes, but you've got to be social media. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's the whole thing. And, and and you write that article where I was talking about. You know, on the one side, you've got um, you've got to be building brand awareness. You've got to be kind of creating buzz, but I think where the process falls down for a lot of businesses is you get the people in the door, you get the people to your website, and then what? And not realizing that that all of the and then what is as much a part of the brand experience as um, as that initial kind of make sure they know your name.
didn't come in with that kind of over-the-top positive, if I didn't come in and say, okay, we're not having newspapers in the department, don't talk to me about the headlines, we have work to do. Yeah, and yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and it, it really makes, I think, a huge difference in, um, you know, ultimately did the company slide into bankruptcy? Absolutely. Um, but my folks were okay, and we got our work done, and when it was time, all of them landed. Because at the same time, we were also be I mean, I wasn't just being Pollyanna. I was being realistic about, look, this is happening. We've got a job to do. The other half of your job is you've got to be looking for that next opportunity. And so, you know, I, I think that smart business owners, uh, if you're going to get out of bed and you're going to simply go, oh, my God, this is never going to work, you know what, go back to bed. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. I cannot believe that we have um, chatted away for almost 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, last Parting comment. One more thing you want to tell people, or uh, how to find you on Twitter and on your website. So yeah, absolutely. Well, as I said, I mean it's just wonderful to talk to you guys, and I, I look forward to saying it's such that maybe we can have another Skype in, in a few weeks or a few months time. And if people want to connect with me on Twitter, I'm my handle is at Alwyn Ivi. That's O L W E N I V I. Um, I'm also on Facebook, and that's literally alwinsdaw-isis-isis-isis-isis-isis. And if you want to look me up on my website, which will have all those details, it's www.irishbusinessintelligence.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. We really had so much fun as we were uh, chatting. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that. I know that it's a little... Uh, some parts are a little tough to hear, but hopefully you were following Allison's Twitter stream as well. So, Allison, what you learned? What was the most interesting thing you learned about Irish business? I thought it was really fascinating to hear about um, kind of the, the Celtic Tiger. Um, you know, something that you've heard, we've heard a lot about in the 90s. I remember there was a time when it seemed like every call center in the U.S. was being outsourced to Ireland because. Unlike perhaps some other countries where people outsource it, you can't help but be charmed when you hear that great accent on the phone. They're intelligent, English native speaking people. But then, of course, in the past five to ten years, it's just cratered. So to kind of hear how, while perhaps the outlook in Dublin and in the EU as a whole is kind of gloomy, how the regular Irish people living their lives are like, well, you know, we lived through the potato famine, we lived through all this, we just got to keep getting up and going on. And I think that's a lesson that, that all of us can learn from, even if things aren't quite as dire here in the U.S., we can't look for anybody else to save us. Change has to start in our small towns and in our small cities and our communities. You know, I think you really hit the nail on the head. A few years ago, um, when we started sliding into sort of the state of the current economy, we used to do a lot of presentations and, and talk to groups and talk to business owners about continuing to invest and as you were sliding in, as we were sliding into this sort of downturn. And looking at that strategy uh, now, with the advantage of hindsight, I will tell you that the companies that made those investments are the ones that are enjoying growth now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think you have to have that sort of upbeat attitude. You know, it becomes, you know, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy at some point. If you're all doom and gloom and you refuse to invest money and you refuse, refuse to do things, well, nothing's going to happen. Are you just going to prolong that situation? Absolutely. I think the other thing that was really fun for me about this conversation is 
as we were chatting and, and I'm sitting in my office as, you know, as comfortably as I'm talking to you, all of this halfway around the world and it felt like she was sitting next to me. It, it's sort of the, um, the whole magic of social media. It really is one of its most amazing thing, uh, one of its most amazing qualities, and its potential to connect us with people halfway around the world, or people halfway across town who we might not have ever met without this magical fairy land. You know, and and I'm going to kind of switch gears, and we've got just a few minutes, but I really want to um, talk about that um, the ability to build networks because you've got a, a really strong group of people that you're connected to that you met through Twitter. Probably most people that I know, both my strongest business contacts as well as my strongest personal friends, the vast majority of them came from meeting them on social media. And um, that whole topic of uh, creating networking on and off is something you're going to be exploring in a little bit more detail later this summer. Yeah, actually, um, my good friend um, who I met on interwebs, uh, Randy Clark, some of you may know him, Randy Clark, TKO, on Twitter. Um, he is giving a panel presentation at Blog Indiana, and I will be helping him out a little bit with that, along with some of our good friends from his Friend Up group, uh, which is just a group of local folks who get together and talk about how we can help each other grow our businesses, be happier professionally and personally, and generally be awesome. And you know, the, the fun thing about um, that particular group and, and seeing that group on uh, interacting on Twitter is the conversations seem to move seamlessly between on and offline. Mm -hmm. um, when you have those kind of contacts, sometimes you forget, did I tell you that in person? Oh, yeah. Did I send you a, a DM? It's, it's really funny how that happens because there really is no is no border. I mean, it's funny, even with my mom, I'll be like, oh, mom, I've got to tell you this when I call her at the end of the day. And she's like, oh, I read about that on Twitter already. I already know all about it. And I'm like, great, now I have nothing to say. <laughs> so it's actually really interesting how it all just moves fluidly, both in the business world and in, in just our regular lives. It, um, it took me a while um, to get used to um, the change. And now I find myself saying, oh, yeah, I talked to so-and-so about that. Um, <laughs> And I didn't talk. There was no sound involved. Nothing came out of, well, in, in my case, there was something came out of my mouth because I read almost everything out loud when I type. When I um, but that's just because I process information auditorily. So, so I do struggle a little with this. But, but it, it, is, um, it is a wonderful way if you use social media well. And I think this is something that a lot of business owners and just a lot of people in general on Twitter miss. They're so busy talking that they're not having conversations. They're not making real connections with people locally and around the world. When well, we actually saw this recently, we saw a case of where people were monitoring social media but not actually listening to what was being said. Uh, it was a case where actually you were involved with it and you had tweeted to someone who was in Omaha mm -hmm. and saying how you, know, you should go eat an Omaha steak. Well, the Omaha steak company tweeted just to Lorraine, who wasn't in Omaha, had not mentioned being in Omaha, about how she should go eat a steak at such and such a place. And she's like, and they didn't ask the person who was actually in Omaha. Yeah, so they, they, they picked up on the keyword that was great, but there is that sort of human mm -hmm. interaction. And where they additionally missed it was when I 
said um, that uh, I actually responded to them, complimented them on the restaurant they suggested, and copied my friend, and they still didn't respond back. So, yeah, there are lots of ways to make great connections, and there are lots of ways to screw this up. If you've enjoyed today's conversation um, with Olinda of Irish Business Intelligence, do drop her a note. Um, she is Owen, O-L-W-E-N-I-B-I on Twitter. Uh, say hello. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about marketing, small business, social media, Twitter, and the Indianapolis business, be sure to drop by our blog at www.roundhead.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.